0: Hello,
1: everybody, and welcome to episode 378 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again by my twisted co-hosts, Peter and Jake.
0: That's right, Kurt. Uh, We're coming at you just right away this week. Can't waste any time. Coming at you this week with the... Baltic Booze Blaster edition of the cast. That's right. You start with a sardine, head off, fill with vodka, top with caviar, you throw the whole thing back and you get the night started like a a real Northern European, Eastern European.
2: They do love their fish. You know, this sounds so
1: outlandish, but I, I have experience with this sort of thing in you, Peter, where no matter how ridiculous it sounds, I know that's the sort of shit that you would research and actually know I, <laughs> to be you know true. Let's
0: do that. This one did come out entirely out of my ass. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they've done, I'm sure people have done picklebacks like out of a pickle, mm-hmm. but, um,
2: you know, my parents shooting. were like, Hey, have you heard of a pickle shot? And they were like, we're all ranting and raving about it. Last time I came home, they were like, what is this crazy new trend that the kids are trying I go to the bar and they have a jar of pickle juice on the counter. What?
0: <laughs> no, I this is you have told me you've reminded me of the most absurd thing. So I learned I learned why they do this and it doesn't make sense to sell this product in New York, but um, pickle <laughs> like like the Mount Olive jarring pickle company. Mm. They sell pickle shooters, like individual shooters at the supermarket. Like, it's basically an extra large creamer packet, but filled with pickle brine. Now, I'm told (laughs) that in the much hotter regions of America, uh, pickle juice is often used as, like, a Gatorade adjacent type of uh, electrolyte beverage. I guess that makes sense. But in New York State, where 93 degrees constitutes a heat wave, um,.
1: I'm sorry, how long have you lived here? It routinely hits 95 in the summers here.
0: And yet we've been complaining for the last two weeks about it. Um, either way, I've never felt the need to take a pickle shot in summer in New York State. It's never been like, I'm going to pass out from heat stroke. Better grab this individual, <laughs> this tactical pickle shooter. I got to replenish my my pickle lights.
1: I think that's just the excuse people came up with so they weren't so embarrassed that they were buying pickle shots at the grocery store. Uh,
0: Side note, I have found La Sardina, uh, the drink. Um, It's perhaps the dirtiest martini. Um, So three, three quarters ounce olive brine, three quarters ounce vermouth, and two ounces of sardine oil washed gin. That is gin that has been left in with sardines and infused and then the the actual thickest part of the oil is frozen and taken off. So it's got the it's got the flavor of sardine oil in the gin.
1: Mmm, that rich creamy flavor.
2: Oh god. Drink it up. Cue my best Cleveland Brown impersonation, saying, "That's not right. <laughs>
0: that,
1: that's not
2: right. That boy yeah, ain't right. Or, or <laughs> that boy right. Oh, gee, uh, gee, Willikers, uh, guys, where are we coming at? That's, twi- that's twisted. Uh, that's that's a pretty twisted thing. Uh, let, let's get where we we're coming at you live from the dystopian Americas." As a great setting for any um, podcast, the level, <laughs> the level select screen, yeah. Uh, um, whatever new uh, insert city name here. So yeah,
0: we're uh, we're twisting our metal here. Um, so I, I guess before we get into stuff, we'll, we're gonna start early. Um, what would your twisted metal <laughs> car be like? What would your like weird post apocalyptic ride? that's like uh, kind of darkly humorous be
2: I'm liking chunky things so I want like a truck with like uh, maybe like I, I like what they did in the show spoiler with like the ramp thingy or anything that rams I want to just run into shit and just be unaffected and the no the whiplash will not affect me I'm uh, I will put like a, one of those neck supports around Just, just I'll be good mm-hmm.
1: I feel like I, perhaps you and I, Peter, would be driving around a big hook and ladder fire truck with flame throwers mounted on the hood.
0: That's that's pretty solid. I really like that one. Um, I I think it's not me. It's not me personally, but I could see, like, the first thing that popped into my head was like a a like a real estate agent, like upper middle class white guy wearing the ascot and the the dot of the boat shoes right and he's in a limo but it's like extra long and it has cannons all on the side like a fucking
1: uh, battleship <laughs> battleship that would be awesome <laughs>
0: lasting yacht rock the entire time have and you boys he pulls up the side and hits you with a broadside
2: have you boys heard of the killdozer
0: I have. I lo- please describe for the audience the kill dozer. So
2: the kill dozer. Um, I'm gonna have to.
0: That was briefly.
2: A nickname I kind of want to look into um the uh, uh the man behind it. So I'll go to the Wikipedia page. Uh, Marvin John Heimar. Still- was an American automobile muffler repair shop owned uh, owner who demolished numerous buildings with his modified bulldozer in Granby, Colorado. And when I say modified. My god, do I mean modified? My man poured like cement all over a bulldozer.
0: Imagine the Chernobyl sarcophagus encasing <laughs> a caterpillar road construction unit. He said, Okay,
2: I better seal myself in and like get ready because this is a one way trip. Um, he barricaded inside of his killdozer that was modified with cement and uh, rebar, I believe, as well, um, and had shooting holes for a couple guns that he had in there, and just went and destroyed a fuck ton of buildings. I don't, know, I don't know if he got a kill count, but um, boy, oh boy.
0: I don't think he killed anyone, um, except for him. I think he died.
2: Yeah, I think he he may have offed himself inside when he got trapped.
0: It's yeah, it's this guy and the uh, bear protection suit guy that's bringing America's <laughs> defensive capabilities into the future.
1: You really have to applaud the uh, trailblazing sacrifice of these real men real of genius. Men of
2: genius.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, if you all if you got that joke. You are either over 30 (laughs) or nearly 30.
0: (laughs) You might remember um, the Molson Golden Twin labels with with slightly snarky (laughs) phrases on them. Or you might remember um, the first trailer in our segment for Trey Watch this week. Um, It's Trey Watch. uh, Saw X. It's
2: my favorite franchise saw
1: didn't I feel like they skipped a couple here <laughs> wasn't spiral only like the seventh movie I don't movie? think I
2: don't, but I don't think that was a saw was that a prequel or was that a I'm
0: surprised this had nothing to do with baseball cuz I would have I would have had it take place in a baseball Oh stage. oh so, spiral and was the be, ninth
2: one
0: you know
1: the, the Oh it was the ninth okay
0: Red
2: saw X. so they're considering spiral as the ninth um, ninth movie, right? So te-
1: I didn't realize that was the ninth. I thought that was like the. Seventh. Well,
2: I guess they're calling it installment. And when I look up Saw Nine, Spiral pops up, starring the famous Chris Rock. Um, it's a spinoff. It is an installment of the series, uh, but I don't even I don't know if it even. Oh, it did have um, Tobin Bell, who is Jigsaw, in it. So I guess it could be. He seems. To-
0: yeah, and he's in this one too, right? Yeah, well
2: he's he is coming back It's his steady work. So <laughs> So for those who don't know the the long diluted history that is the Saw series, I know like surface level knowledge that basically man has cancer, uh man is just wants to like make people repent for their sins, uh who fucked him over. He, and
0: i thought it was like people who were they were um they were like privileged or like uh spoiled
1: i think that was later I think, installments i think the first one was specifically people who yeah fucked him yeah over. so
2: i think i don't remember what the original guy's like job was but i know like people who like sold him insurance who fucked him over with insurance knowing he was like at risk and like denied his claims so he would like go bankrupt or something or not be able to get coverage um basically signing his death sentence. Those are the people he pay picked for the games um, to go into the saw. Um, and this is like
1: also the saw games. This is, <laughs> da, 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 this is also like
2: a uh, far leap from the first saw, because I'm pretty sure the first saw was just the two guys in the bathroom um, with like the dead body. Uh, they were locked in the bathroom and they had their feet chained to the floor And basically, the end result was, oh, my God, the realization they have to saw through their feet, not the chain, um, to get out of the bathroom. Um, It really, I'm pretty sure if we go back.
0: Was Was that the trap, in the one trap in Saw 1?
2: Yes, that was the one trap in Saw 1. I think they even had to, like, find an antidote. I think they got poisoned at one time. And they had only a certain amount of time to find the antidote, which was like hidden in a wall or toilet or something like that. Very dumb. Worst, uh, worst, worst escape room. It ever. was a really bad escape room and I'm pretty <laughs> sure it doesn't really live up. But it was one of those movies that got a cult following and then they're like, okay, Saw 2. We have to just multiply it by five and have like five mini games where somebody's going to die. But the whole thing about Saw is that the the traps that they're set in are technically survivable, um, and that's what Jigsaw makes. He makes these traps that you can get yourself out of um, if you have the survival instinct, uh, where you're willing to cut open your own, you know, chest, uh, you know, and not bleed out or pass out in a in a certain time frame, or else your jaw's gonna get ripped in half or some shit. Real bloody, real gory, um, and the whole thing was bunch of twists and turns along the way like because he always had partners you never knew who the partners were going to be um i thought he died (laughs) in like the sixth one they were building up to jigsaw dying forever and now i black out for like three movies and he's just in the 10th one perfectly fine and able to get a whole new batch of people in here because This trailer like tells you everything that happens in the movie, uh, which is, we always love that a good, a good movie trailer. Yeah, emphasis on the movie. Uh, It spelled out the plot.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember this. You reminded me that there was a movie like a couple years back where it was, like the whole plot was like a dude wakes up in like a like a pod or a capsule, and it's like running out of air. And he has to and she has to get out or the, whoever the main character has to get out. and that's like the whole movie is like not even in like one room. it's in like a tiny a little, a little pod.
2: <laughs> and I have no idea what it is. I honestly I wish I could help you. I have no it idea.
1: doesn't ring a bell. I'm sorry.
2: That's okay.
0: That's okay. it'll it'll come to us. Someone will yell it across the street into my ear. Um, they'll throw a rock that has the name of the movie on a piece of paper wrapped around it. They'll throw it at my temple. I'll say, ah, the idea hit me.
1: Are you working up to it?
0: A... No. Okay. No, we're done. Next trailer.
2: Uh, now you got me going on this pod thing. I'm, I'm looking up a uh, person <laughs> stuck in pod movie. Um... It's giving me all the wrong answers.
1: <laughs> Tell me what results you got for uh, that.
2: Passengers <laughs> and a movie called Oxygen.
0: Maybe it's Oxygen.
1: Well, that would be thematic, right? Because you, your description of the plot made it seem like the only thing in that movie was yes, they were running is, out of Oxygen. It. Yes.
2: I mean, it looks like a nice pod, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> but, a nice when pod. I'm thinking you know? of pod, I'm thinking of like <laughs> You know, you just take an oil tank and you put somebody in there and seal them in there. Um, this is a futuristic pod with lights and, you know, she's it's...
1: Uh, a Netflix original. No wonder I couldn't uh, remember yes. it.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, no! It's defective cryo chamber. Ah,
0: yes, it's it's French, so I have to assume this was directed by Jean Rogan. Have you ever been in a um, deprivation tank?
1: Alexandra Aja. Sensory
0: deprivation tank?
1: Sure.
0: <laughs> have you ever Have you ever had a monkey tear your face off in a sensory deprivation tank?
1: Written know. by... Oxygen was written by uh, Christine LeBlanc, who, prior to uh, writing Oxygen, only had one previous writing credit for the TV series How to Make a Reality Star. <laughs>
0: And, of course, music by Rob.
1: Yeah, who could forget Rob?
0: Or, I guess, as his, his, his Christian name, Robin Codert. Rob Dirt.
2: So, I'm, I'm looking at this Saw trailer again. I wanted a freeze frame on... Um, on his, uh,
1: I did not expect that this would mine so much content out of you, uh, Jake. His,
2: if you go to forty-eight seconds in the trailer, you get a good <laughs> look at his sketchbook, and I'm just like, what? What does that do for you? What does that accomplish for you for sketching out your ideas and your plans? It's like I
0: love the, I love the little dude, in the
2: Oh uh, yeah, like he's going in for a kissy. Yeah, he t- he took the time to just like yeah, depict where their eyes are gonna be and you know put all the gears.
0: It's like a vision board. Like he's not actually sketching <laughs> out like the, you know, there's some of the dimensions on there. It's not a full CAD model. It's really just a, <laughs> it's a, you know a springboard.
2: So well, well he's I got love. like all the dimension arrows going, and I'm like, what are they measuring? Where? Are you gonna remember? Yeah. Oh, that is true. That <laughs> like, is true. Like you know this now, but when you look back at this after your like your nap, you're gonna because you're an old man with a tumor in his brain. You're gonna be like, "Oh, what was I high when I drew this?"
1: No, the 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 uh, the tumor gives him. Oh
2: yes, he's <laughs> like a special chimpanzee.
1: It's it's shifted positions, and now it's depressing his. As- Pituitary hey, that blend. sounds like a better movie. <laughs> and he's hit a second puberty. He's strong and virile. Once again, the cancer has its own you cancer. Know, how awesome
2: <laughs> would, would that be for an idea for a movie? Um, you know, it, it, kind of the premise of like we only use 10% of our brain. And then people start popping up with tumors.
1: See, there was this movie called Limitless. No, 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 no. Lucy?
2: Not no, I I know, but it plays off that and it's like, oh, people just started getting tumors. That pushed on their pituitary gland later in life and gave them second puberty. And then like like the average height of all the humans walking around are like nine foot. <laughs> I really hope
0: you just call the movie Tuberty. <laughs> two- Tuberty. <laughs> with the number
2: two. <laughs> Tuberty. That's that's my screenplay. Nobody steal it!
0: <laughs> what if what if like the new like the new sci-fi movie was like humans use 10% of their brains instead of like Humans use 10% of the brain. We can't actually get around that. So we're going to give them another smaller brain that they can use another 10% of.
1: I... I love the fact that that is probably the worst use of the humans only use 10% of their brain premise that we could possibly conjure up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I wonder who... uh, Because I think the 10% of our brain is like a big old myth. Um... And yes,
1: if that were true, there would be no such I, thing as traumatic I, I, brain history. I want to know
2: who, like it was. I, I feel like it was a misquote from someplace, and I want to figure out where it was mis, who misquoted it, and who was just like, "Ah, oh, god damn it!"
1: It was probably some like the first ever in recorded history uh, motivational speaker, probably said that and he said it so confidently that no one fact-checked him for about (laughs) 3,000 years. Steve
0: Jobs, who also infamously (laughs) said that a computer is the bicycle of the mind. Or, Or Ryan Gosling, who famously said that a horse is a man extender.
1: It's not technically incorrect.
2: All right, who said it? Um, There's a lot of like weird shit in this uh, Wikipedia. Uh, so there was a 1920s book, uh, the book Mind Myths, exploring popular assumptions about the mind and brain. Includes a chapter on the 10% myth that shows a self-help advertisement from the 1929 World Almanac with the line, "There is no limit to what the human brain can accomplish." Scientists and psychologists uh, tell us we only use about 10% of our brain power. Ah. Fuck you, 1929 World Almanac.
0: I We go deeper. Oh. I found the Wikipedia article on the 10% of the brain myth.
2: That's where, that's where I am.
1: Is that not where Jake just was?
0: The, they talk about <laughs> uh, the 1890s. Uh, right?
2: Yeah. The... So... That was like the likely origin for the ten percent myth. Ten percent of my brain um, is a reserve energy theories. It's very like it's a stretch. That's why I didn't include it. Um, uh, Different psychologists um, in the eighteen nineties they tested the theory in the the accelerated raising of the child prodigy William Cittis. Thereafter, James told lectures and audiences that people only meet a fraction of their full mental potential, which is a plausible claim. Oh, that is a plausible claim.
0: Wait, did they really? The heart, uh, William James and Boris Siddis raised a kid named <laughs> William Siddis. They said, with our powers combined, we will make the super child. It
1: was how they determined, you know, it's a very equitable thing to do. Do you think I they just stole him as a for, baby and they're just like. For gay men in the 1920s? I mean that's what was going on there, right? If not, I have a right, lot. Let me questions. see who's.
2: <laughs> All right, I've clocked Boris as the, as the bottom, and uh, William James is definitely a power top.
0: Yeah, because if it was other the other way around, it would be Boris yeah. James. Yeah, Boris. Yeah, just, that's true. Boris, just yeah,
2: Boris is a submissive uh, bottom twink, who um, I mean he's smart, but
0: for <laughs> it's it's whoever it's. Whoever gets the first name is the person who finishes first. It's first come, first sir.
2: Fuck you. Is that the origin of that? The gays.
1: <laughs> that was that was generally that, that was, was very solid. good, Peter. That
2: was a good joke. I
1: that was so maybe the best joke. joke. That's maybe the best joke you've told on the show all year.
2: <laughs> I'll take it. That's
0: clever. Uh, all right. What is our next? Speaking of our
1: next well, Dicks, yeah, the musical. Speaking of, Speaking of gay dudes raising kids. Uh, some of that going on in this trailer.
2: From the gayest uh, movie producer out there, uh, A24, we have Dicks in the musical.
1: It's Sorry. I, I just want to read you this sentence. This is a very 2023 sentence. This is the first sentence in the description of this, this trailer video. Check out the official trailer for "Dicks the Musical," starring Meg the Stallion. Yep. That's
0: Not that's a that real
1: thing. I just leads. read.
0: Just the the character who shows up, and I'm guessing, like, who's a one one or two musical numbers seems like. I yeah, I don't, I, know, yeah, like I don't large know portion of the plot. I don't know. Um, this mo- the movie just seems. Seems like a a lot.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, it's very in your face. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like there's movies that are we're about to talk about a TV show that is um crass and trashy, but in like a fun way. And really yeah. enjoyable. Uh this doesn't this doesn't have that energy. This is I, I'm trying to trying to like characterize like how I feel about this movie, like I just want the sewer boys. I want the sewer boys for 90 minutes. Can we do that?
2: Yeah, I mean Nathan
0: the... Lane and Nathan Lane's character, because Nathan Lane w- will slay it.
1: Probably, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just I don't know. It's so. It's very different, like, A24, they, they make a point, this is a four's first movie musical. Um, it seems like a weird choice, especially at a time where A24 hasn't exactly been uh, playing the hits, as it were. Um, yeah. And
0: this, you know what, this might be, we might start seeing, it feels like this is the effects of the writer's strike.
2: I mean, it could be, like, I'm I'm assuming at this point studios are postponing yeah, I think a lot this, of their releases. Yeah,
1: I think this is, I think Peter's right, not so much that this movie had no writing talent writing it, but, like, this was something that they had spent some money developing decided wasn't worth releasing but now because there's nothing upcoming on the horizon due to the writers and actors strikes they're like well we gotta put something out this I quarter
0: yeah. yeah I like there's some funny bits in here that I'm like vibing with I love the part where they they just start they yell in each other's faces that they're identical twins in perfect sync that's a cute little one I want. It doesn't seem like the whole doesn't seem like the show is going to be a lot of that kind of energy, though. I, it, you know, it is blunt. It feels.
1: blunt. It's a. This is a movie, not a show.
0: It, but it's a musical movie, I guess.
2: Um, I guess oh, where, okay. where where I it gets ta- and Not to be like a prude or something like that, but um, <laughs> some that takes that out of me is like the gratuitous like swearing and vulgarity. Like, right away, in this movie, or in the trailer, and like I get it like that's what you're yeah. trying to do your name the name is dix um but I guess it doesn't it doesn't really I'm vibe sure. with anything in the movie uh yeah, it's
0: right. again <sighs> we are we are no stranger <laughs> to just swearing as comedy. Um, this does give the impression of like a kid who realized that you can make a movie that has swears in it
1: well yeah like they swears we swear in our comedy but the swears aren't the punchline. yes
2: <laughs> yes exactly it's like if if i were just swearing and adding vulgarity for the hell of it to get a rise it would, this would be a much different show um i use it to to quote SpongeBob, um, they are sentence enhancers, <laughs> uh, so I just pepper them in, yes. and I like to pepper them in. So maybe I do it too much. Little
1: emo gassy, bam. Yeah.
2: But this is just. Cunt. I mean, if I if I unmute this and and play the beginning, it, they were like they were like fuck dick fuck fuck dick fuck.
1: Yeah, it oh. was.
0: All right. I'm also so I'm looking back to this more, and. I think, I think what's killing it for me is, is the songs, because they, they preview two songs in this. Um, and one of them is a, like a bog-standard 12-bar blues with no variation on it, uh, where the guy just explains, he exposits his character, which, like in musicals you do, there's the I Am, I Want song, right, where we're introducing your people, you know, your song and your setting, right?
1: But it's probably done a little less heavy-handedly.
0: Exactly. Like he's just like telling you, look at me. Like I'm not. I'm almost paraphrasing. Like look at me. I'm a dick, aren't I? I'm really mean and a dick. Um, and that's not super engaging. And then the other song uh, that they show the snippet of where they he just says words and he sings the same note for like eight notes. <laughs> and I'm like, is that the part you want you you put in your trailer to get me to? you know, engage with it. I don't know. I don't know about
1: this one. Seems like a strange choice.
0: Yeah. And the plot is like...
1: Parent trap?
0: Yeah.
1: Essentially, but here's a swerve. Dad's gay. Because it's Nathan Lang. I don't know if if the character was gay and that's why they cast Nathan Lang or if they got Nathan Lang and the character became gay. Who knows?
0: Um... It doesn't seem to have, other than, like, strict plot relevance, it doesn't seem like to have any bearing on what's going to go on. Other than he he gets to wear, like, green satin nightgowns. And
1: well, I, f- I think it has a bearing so far as, like, they're not going to get remarried.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like, they're obviously, for, like, for the plot, I just don't, it didn't seem like, I don't know, I just don't feel like they're doing it. There's, there's not, like... There's not like an actual premise or like a real creative... Yeah, I don't feel
1: like it's it's not trying to say anything. And I don't even mean like in a messaging way. Like uh, we watched Twisted Metal this week. That's not a show that really has like a strong message (laughs) of any kind. But at least it's like conveying an idea.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like this, like I said, like I don't think this had... This had, like, a pitch, but it didn't have, like, a premise. Idea.
2: Like, what are you going to take away from it? Like, that, there's, there's no takeaway from it. I, I like the idea and concept of this, but I'm just not for it on maybe the... I, I feel like this is going to have a good Act 1 and a good Act 2, but the Act 3 is just going to fumble it, or Act 2 and 3 are going to fumble hard.
1: I think it's gonna run out of steam after like 30 well, yeah, minutes. yeah, like how
2: much more of a, I mean, a trailer can they can they make out of this? Like, and also, yeah, like what are you gonna make out of? It? And
0: also, why well, call it "Dicks the Musical"? Because it doesn't seem like it's about these two guys being dicks <laughs> and like their adventures in assholery. Um,
1: and also, why would you name it the musical? Like, is that?
0: Yeah, I, I literally is a twenty-four. I saw that and I was like, "Dick's the musical, <coughs> okay." They're gonna do the opening number, and then like their penises are gonna leave them because the guys <laughs> are just real—they're just real douches. So the penises go off and they have to make their own way in the world. <laughs> right? That would be a freaking ridiculous idea for a. Musical. That's
1: an A twenty four movie. Yeah, that's that's the truth right there. Um, but no, no, no nothing. <laughs> yeah i uh I got nothing more to add to that there's no we're just gonna let peter write that one out on a high note yeah. and uh go on now to the follow up um where we take a look at the box office winners and losers featuring several movies that we cover on trey watch in weeks past Talk about
2: big swing dicks uh, yeah Ooh.
1: Barbie <laughs> the biggest swinging dick of them all uh <laughs> Again, at the top of the box office, $93 million. It is past $800 million worldwide. It just might catch Super Mario Brothers and become the top grossing movie of the year. Like What a world we live in.
0: <laughs> what, what, what already commercialized product will be turned into a record-breaking blockbuster movie next. Yeah, did, uh, did we
2: mention the Mattel Cinematic Universe last week? I, um,
0: yes, but uh, let's give
2: another quick look. Yeah, so this is lending even more credence to what they're going to plan, and now I mean, after the success of week one, uh, Mattel had come out with like a long list of uh, pitches that they were I don't know rummaging around i don't know how fat how fast can you get these pitches uh, in by was this before barbie was this after barbie um because the well, beginnings ones
1: probably not fast now because
0: the writers
2: well yeah I'm, well i'm wondering who's who's pitching these yeah that's true who is who is pitching these was it wasn't writers it couldn't be um l- like that would have been weeks ago.
1: executive producers people like that so
2: that just lends i think you should take this as a note to see what kind of movies executive producers are willing to fund, if we look at the laundry list of Mattel cinematic uh, universe movies, um, and that includes the ones that we know about, um, which would have Daniel. Um, I'm gonna butcher his last name, Cook, but I. <laughs> it's not Kalua. Um, Kilauea Daniel Kalula. Kaluia. Kaluia. I was oh, close. All right. I know. I just didn't want to call him the uh, Kalua. <laughs> the, the liquor coffee creamer. Coffee liqueur. Um, So some of the other ones were the Daniel Kalula, um, Barney, A24 movie. Uh, we had... Barney? Yeah. So okay. Barney, Polly Pocket, Thomas and Friends, American Girl. Um, I had heard...
1: Brian Tyree Henry has to be in the Thomas and Friends yeah. movie after Roll a Train.
2: I had heard um Hot Wheels. Um yeah, Hot Wheels makes Hot Wheels.
1: sense. I could yeah. see Hot Wheels I think working.
0: We even talked about that last yeah. week. It's just it should just be just Fast and furious except they keep the orange loops in. Yeah.
2: Um masters of the universe they want to go and, and make. Which I mean they've tried. I heard that pro Yeah. They've done they've, they've tried they a lot.
0: Frequently <laughs> in many different mediums. But sure. We'll, go, we'll give it another run
2: like like they even have First,
0: you don't succeed you haven't spent enough money
2: yeah Barney the producer will be Daniel Kaluuya Polly Pocket star Lily Collins writer director Lena Dunham like have they talked to these people about oh. it like they have names attached to this uh, Hot Wheels Warner Brothers JJ Abrams is gonna produce it uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots Universal star Vin Diesel writer that's Ryan just, Engel
0: that's just steel or not steel. Um what's the movie with um Hugh Jackman and he's Yeah,
1: fuck. Film. Real no, real, real steel. steel. Real yeah, steel.
0: That's literally just real steel. Um
2: Magic 8 Ball. <laughs> a PG-13 thriller. Like we're getting dangerously close to having Duck Duck Goose.
0: I'm sorry, but Magic 8 Ball really should be like a drive-style drug-fueled thriller. Yeah. Um like he takes Okay, the Magic 8 Ball.
1: Universal 824. Really? Magic 8? You're going to make Magic 8-Ball before you pay us to make Duck, Duck, Goose? Is that really what you want to do?
2: Okay. Ask. Oh. You,
0: there, I know someone you could ask.
1: There's maybe an experimental project in the future there with uh, tic-tac-toe corpses in a row. I was quite proud of that concept.
2: So... Here's here's another one and like it, it, on the on the toy side of it Major Matt Mason starring Tom Hanks. I'm sorry that came out in 1966. I I just looked that up. I don't know that off the top of my head. Um, that was Tom
0: Hanks idea. To
2: like swear. who
0: That sounds like a Tom Who Hanks
2: the fuck idea. is coming yeah. up with these ideas? Uno writer Marcy Kelly, you're on strike. Stop talking to these uh,
1: 60- uh, Sorry, what?
2: The Uno, Uno movie? Yes. The Uno movie or series, I don't know, okay. What what could be the premise? Exactly. Wishbone Matchbox. What is Matchbox? Are the the Matchbox the cars?
1: The, they're like yeah, they're they're the, cars. Hot but Wheels. They're not.
0: I mean that's the same Matchbox cars was like the thing that made Hot Wheels, I'm pretty sure. Like that was the um, overbrand that was the over brand for Hot Wheels.
1: No, I think they were separate because I remember in console where Tom Kalinske worked for I think Matchbox for a while, and Mattel had Hot Wheels, and they were rival companies. So,
2: so in um in true Barbenheimer fashion, Barbie is like the invention of the nuclear bomb, and and now started a chain reaction. And now we Greta Gerwig has to live in a society. Of her making.
1: I have become death destroyer of yes, cinema.
2: it's like you you make this amazing movie and now we're like, okay, now it's an arms race of movies to see who can top it. Who can get the best Barbie movie uh, to and drop on Hiroshima.
0: Hiroshima. <laughs> movie assured destruction. Side note, props to the Japanese people of the internet uh, for making for making 9-11 revenge memes the memes people have been making about the Oppenheimer movie?
1: Yeah. Though... I think
0: it's not uh, inventive.
1: I love it. I feel like... I haven't seen a lot of Barbenheimer memes that would warrant that kind of retaliation, I, I personally. I
0: agree that the general sentiment was that no one was trying to glorify Oppenheimer. I don't think... Anyone who watched the movie seriously would have come away with
2: that. No, yeah, and it, it was it was more about Oppenheimer than it was about the um the dropping of the bombs. Uh, you know, it's it's and that
1: which was shown in the movie to not be a decision that he made.
2: Yeah, lightly. and it, it's clear from even like from the way it was shot and you know directed that uh and written that the people who were trying to drop the bomb were not the i guess good guys it definitely did not paint the u.s in the best of light because it's like they offered up positions of alternatives like we could do this we could do a lot of other things and then on top of that people can look into it and the more specifics of what was happening at that time and be like yeah we probably didn't need to do that so i yeah Truman
1: comes off as the yes, bad guy. He called
2: in the, the movie. main character a pussy. <laughs> um
0: I also I did send over the uh the Oppenheimer style trailer. I think I might have I might have sent this to you guys already. But this this is the movie that they thought we were watching. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's... Oppenheimer as as a
2: cheesy twenty twenty seventeen
0: movie I like it's that so, it's so ridiculous
2: that's how it should have been yeah, played off We should have been up we should have been Oppenheimering around the bomb just gone oh oh
1: um speaking of Oppenheimer that finds itself in second uh not exactly hot on the heels of Barbie, but they both had similar week on week. Uh, reductions which is very good for Oppenheimer mm-hmm. because it's not a movie that I would have suspected a lot of people would want to see twice uh, just for the length of it if for no other reason yeah. not necessarily the depressing subject matter um, but it maybe 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 it's just an artifact of that there are so few showings people have had to actually wait be, yeah <laughs> a week to to see the movie
2: well especially if people are trying to fit in barbie and oppenheimer in the same day so that that's still probably a a thing that's happening for people trying to go out and see both of them at the same time um or do or do yeah one, these one are
1: weekend. only in their second yeah. week i mean like not everyone goes to see a movie on opening exactly week. We're, we're just freaks um but Oppenheimer has got itself up to four hundred twenty-five million dollars. Talk about getting nuked. Worldwide.
2: Number three.
1: Ooh. Yeah, Haunted Mansion, another gut punch for uh, for Disney there.
0: Another gut punch for the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Trying to, this is the second reboot they've tried.
1: So this one at least is reviewing pretty well. Okay. Um, so there's that.
0: We may end up seeing this next week, maybe. Uh,
2: yeah, maybe.
0: It's a possibility. Uh, if not, well, then, we'll be seeing what, what people have, have who have gone to see it have seen with their, their
2: seeing. It's got okay reviews. I, I just feel like maybe, maybe this will have more legs. Like, okay, now the buzz of Barbenheimer's off, and they'll drop or plummet you know, a good amount down, whereas Haunted Mansion will remain kind of more level. Could be yeah.
1: Hunter Mansion is not rearing as well as I thought it was,
0: and I don't think I don't know how much Disney can afford to tank in terms of movie production at this point. Like I would say, oh, they can you know they'll take the loss, write it off. Um,
1: well, yeah, they're they're actually they're having to pay the piper a bit with some of these losses. Like they're looking to sell off their television networks.
0: Yeah. They, um. They. They they dug too far and too fast.
2: Well, and, and speaking of the mouse, this is also um you know the company that just finished up Secret Invasion, which I, if the numbers right, I believe they had a production budget of like two hundred million dollars.
1: Where did that money go? I
2: don't know. <laughs> probably money laundering. Um,
1: really, the only explanation
2: because that show was pretty bad, and I've been hearing a lot of reviews. About um Secret Invasion. Now I uh, somehow got like
1: Peacemaker did it better. To, it's, That's my hot it take. It's
2: <laughs> so fucking funny you say that. Uh somebody did a like a direct side by side comparison from Peacemaker and Secret Invasion, and they are antithetical. You're both ends of the spectrums. You have Peacemaker that literally took this, the simplest part of a show, the intro. And made a whole production out of it. Everybody choreographed moves and they spent a long time on it. And Secret Invasion's intro was generated using AI. <laughs>
0: okay, I, that does make sense. I remember seeing, I watched one episode of Secret Invasion.
2: And you ultimately have similar plots. There is an alien that is uh, like kind of taking over people's bodies that are um, infiltrating society uh you know for their own benefit Uh, and their ultimate goal is probably to wipe out humanity and take this planet for their their own um yeah and peacemaker did a much better job and instead secret invasion had to like play out this uh you know also flashback 20 times to explain who the fuck are the scrolls why they're important why they're good and why why some are good why some are bad and why Nick Fury is trying to save him. It's
1: almost like this should have been spread out oh, as a story to That's a it. really
2: good idea. Why didn't <laughs> they think of that? Um, instead of just spreading it out into one movie and then sprinkling it here and there throughout the other movies. Um, and when I mean sprinkle, I mean like, it's literally only been in like end credit scenes. Like whenever they mention Skrulls. Um, so you have... You have th-
1: and only have like a handful of movies it's not like Thanos where we were always getting updates on what Thanos was up to in post-credit scenes
2: you, but you also had nothing that built off of it too you never had like a like when they brought a Skrull in in like a post-credit scene you're never like oh you here to join the Skrull resistance or something like that no you never built up anything mm-hmm. it was always like oh my god they're a Skrull Wait, what? What does that mean? What is that wow. really that important? <laughs> like
0: it's not. It, the, Johnny the mailman was a scroll.
2: Wow. So like this this movie or the show never had the stakes and never had. Uh, I don't. I think it like tried to make like wowing things that would get people to be like, oh, holy shit! Like they. Spoiler alert. Rhodey was a scroll since Civil War, um, which had like pretty huge implications on. Endgame and Tony Stark's funeral, and all that shit. Um, so
1: just unforced errors. Well, they also
2: made you like, <laughs> hey, here's Nick Fury's wife, and um, you better feel for her because
1: because you know this character and and he loves her ostensibly even though this is the first time we're ever hearing about her, so clearly she wasn't that important to him.
2: <laughs> well, she's not. And in this show, they're even like, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not even, like, that into you. Like, it, it's kind of a weird show. Like, she's a scroll, but she has to wear, like, the skin of, like, a, a black lady because she's likes like Nick Fury. It's what he would like, who he's interested in, and she also ages with him. So they're like you know, growing old together, but she's not really... They didn't have to say any of this. And, and then, and then he, like, is kissing her and she tries to kill him. <laughs> and she, he tries to kill her. And, like, oh, dude, it's so dumb. It's so dumb.
1: Welcome to the modern MCU, everybody.
2: It's, it's just they're doing too much. They're doing too much. And...
1: They should have stopped when they had a good bow on it. Well, you know, you
2: know somebody had explained something really important that, um, uh, you know, we're finally realizing what it's like to read the MCU or the Marvel comics because
1: yeah. – th- when you <laughs> you'll have a good story arc and then but, the next one but then you'll,
0: you'll might have, not be great there'll be like blurbs be like go go read this yes. other comic for the content. yeah
2: there's like you have in order to read this comic and fully understand it you have to read this entire other comic line and then this entire other comic line to fully appreciate this comic line and it's like that with these movies now and i don't think that's great don't
0: um, make a it note here. if this, the same thing is happening with Marvel and with Disney, um, and um, this is a reminder for people who are new to this world, to this planet Earth, who are not around when Disney had their renaissance. Um, <laughs> now, prior to that, in the '90s, uh, Disney was again losing money um, because they because and they thought their solution was to invest in live action movies, um, and then good animation and good uh, good musical shows came along and were creative and fun and enjoyable and saved uh, the Disney company from just, just totally going bankrupt. Because you had things like uh, The Black Hole, I believe.
1: Yeah, just go on Disney Plus and scroll through some of these movies and tell me how many you're like, wow, I've never heard of that before. Or Disney made that?
0: They just, they just, just crapped out uh, live action turds uh, on just trying to make money. And I can't help but feel like with the remake series of their famous movies um, and the Marvel stuff, that they're just, they're going, they decided they need to go back to that. Um, Combine that with the, the, like the executive drama at Disney. Hmm. Which don't. Well, it's really hard ago, to. But don't forget that that still probably hangs fresh in the boardrooms of, of Disney corporate.
1: Well, there are still there are people that are kind of unhappy with some of the stuff. There's still some infighting, I would say, within the House of Mouse. I mean, um, it can't not be right. Yeah, but like Jesus, dude, it. It's I I understand that it, it's. Very hard as a business person to make the decision to walk away from a movie franchise that had just been shitting money. But at least, like, take a break. If they had, like, shut down after Endgame and didn't make a release of Marvel movie two for, like, two, two or three years... And spent that time really mapping out the next story phase, really getting everything, all their ducks in a row, all the products they wanted, have to have time, time to be written, revised. Editions, you
0: release extras sure. bonuses, you you build up the hype for all that stuff that you just did, right? You
1: say Yeah, and then you, you drop the trailer that's coming back and everyone's had enough time to kinda sit and digest that they're ready, they're ready to entertain something new, and then everyone's hyped up. It's like, okay, the MCU's back, baby, and you actually have higher quality content to stand behind that. That's how you keep that going. You don't immediately put out Black Widow or whatever the fuck was next after Endgame. Yeah.
2: Uh, after Endgame, less I think than a it year later,
0: later
2: uh, 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 War, Far from Home.
0: After, yeah, it was after Infinity War. Remember they yeah they. Did far from home i thought it was after infinity war
2: or was it after? it infinity? was an, after on game because no they
1: because because they referenced the snap
2: yeah right uh, so uh, and, and, the, and far were, from home you know, is like technically the 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 bookend of the phase three or fa- whatever phase they were on the thanos that, era
0: which is so stupid
2: well it was the epilogue i guess it was the uh, okay it, it was the epilogue of like tony Tony's like last gift to Peter Parker,
0: mm. much like um, Magic's Aftermath set. Well, did it was a better, it was a better movie than Aftermath was a set. True. <laughs> Still, um, they just wanted to get one more sploot out before they moved out. You know, on to, right, and, so- and I
2: wonder if COVID didn't happen, or if they had waited a little while and just kept it in order. Maybe that's how we would have felt because. I think after Far From Home, we were supposed to get um, uh, um, um, the Gardens of Galaxy movie. Um, And then somehow Black Widow bumped up in front of it because they had the issues with James Gunn.
0: Black Widow came two years after Endgame.
2: Yeah. Mm. And then that was also released with all of the um, Disney Plus shows that they had, which... From what I understand, the only good one, other than maybe Wandavision, which was their like pilot run, was uh, um, Moon Knight. Yeah.
1: Moon Knight was pretty good. Yeah. We Moon Knight was Night. the only
2: other good one, um, and then the other ones were just kind of real, real, real mid, real bottom tier Marvel productions.
0: Yeah, remember this? This is a blast from the not so past. Like, so Black Widow came out July 2021. Shang-Chi came out September 2021. Eternals came out November 2021.
1: Yeah, this was the beginning of my Who Could Care phase.
0: Yeah. The really strong Who Could Care phase. There were some there were some uh mid selections during the the first three phases. Yeah. Uh see Ant Man. But too. nothing
1: nothing as like bad as some of these ones. Like the worst I watched Iron Man 2 not that long ago and I was like you know what this movie's actually a lot better than I remember it but that's because I remembered it compared to the standard of the earlier MCU movies but now having lived through a bunch of less than stellar outings it seems quite good by comparison so anyway that's Haunted Mansion uh <laughs> Sound of Freedom still hanging around in the top five.
0: Oh yeah, brother. Ghosts filling filling empty spaces. America.
1: Twelve point eight million dollars. A hundred and fifty-five million dollar toll gross for the surprise hit of the summer. Uh what a world.
0: Thank you, Angel Studios. Wow, do it again. Yeah.
1: Uh Tom Cruise, maybe thinking of Ditching Scientology for Christianity, if it can help him pull Mission Impossible out of the dumpster that's in. Uh, in just its third week, down another 45.2% to 10.6 million out of 1,100 theaters in just three weeks.
0: This, yeah, Top Gun, this is not here. We're walking out of the building.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, 400... Plus million dollars worldwide gross is not bad by any stretch, but I think the last Mission Impossible movie made like eight hundred million or something stupid like that. So I think they were hoping for a little bit better. Yeah. Um, which leads us to talk to me ten point four million dollars in its opening weekend, just twenty three hundred theaters from a twenty four. Um, and it happens to find itself in the spotlight this week, 824 doing the only thing it seems to know how to do well. And that's put out low budget horror movies that have a high return on investment as this movie cost a whopping $4.5 million to make. Um, and it was scarcely advertised. Yep. So it's probably already broke even if not gone into the black.
0: This is why horror movies will just reign eternal in theaters.
1: Yep. I mean,
0: fucking, cost that's why the only, of gum.
1: this is why the only movies you really see in theaters are like the big tentpole films and horror movies, because those are the only things that make money in theaters. Um, so, anyway, Talk to Me uh, is reviewing quite well, as I kind of alluded to. 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a meta score of. Hold, please. I should have used my other hand. Uh, <laughs> 76 meta score, 7.4 user score. Um... So, pretty solid all around. But, as we all know, all these reviews don't mean shit, because they weren't written by real reviewers. They lack a certain real reviewer trait called chutzpah.
0: <laughs> they lack that challah bread.
1: And they ain't no challah back, girl. <laughs>
0: Uh,
1: while you look at <laughs> the review, well, I have the review. Okay. Um, I came prepared.
0: I do not. There is no picture of Fergie with, or Gwen Stefani, with a giant piece of Jewish bread on her back. I am disappointed.
1: I. <laughs> all right. Anyway, I read now from the book of Adatsun, chapter. 98, verse 233. Okay. Gory, chilling, and above all, disturbing. It's a 9 out of 10 review. Submitted July 27, 2023. Talk to Me is a truly terrifying and remarkable debut from the Raka Raka Twins. A twisted story told with amazing skill. Sorry. The good in this movie is by far the practical effects they are absolutely terrifying to look at and immensely detailed it's very disturbing and quite disgusting (laughs) along with that is amazing gore again it's very disturbing and isn't fun (laughs) the performers are also very good Sophie Wilde in particular is an absolute powerhouse here with all the other cast members. Here, along with all the other cast members. (laughs) So why single her out in particular? The writing, too, is very good. Some of the best writing I've seen in a horror film in years. That immensely helps with the making nearly every character here either likable or interesting. The idea of grief in this film is not only perfectly written, but it is written in such a way that truly brings everything in the story to full circle. <laughs> I love the subtle idea that this film is in a way an allegory for substance abuse for young teens. It gives the audience something to think about, admits the bloodshed, <laughs> along with, <laughs> with what we get some great directing with some amazing cinematography Take a drink. The scares aren't jump scares, they're tense shots that linger for far too long to leave the audience in absolute shock. And finally, the ending is just ellipses. It's an absolutely amazing ending that really sticks the landing along with everything else this movie achieved so well. All in all, Talk to Me is one of the rare horror movies that truly disturbed me. And really showcase a great directing talent with these two twins. Um, So I don't know if you guys picked up on it because it was very subtle, but this reviewer found the movie to be disturbing. Just a bit,
2: just a bit. All right, uh, one out of ten. This is where the separates the 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 milk from the 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 whey from the curd. Mmm Long and fake. I'm Jen. I'm Jimin. I'm Jimin. Long and fake. One out of ten. This is a scary movie. Well, makes no sense and just draws random events together. Not realistic at all. I get it. It's a little budget film. Well, they could have spent more time making sure (laughs) the movie was Flurred without trying too hard to make it scary. Ain't going nowhere. Definitely a disappointment. I did appreciate the general idea If the movie, the actors all did a great job. I love the aching and the general idea of the movie. It would, it. It would have been... <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to tell for Brimley
1: out here. That bitch... <laughs>
2: Awesome. Yeah. It would have been way better <laughs> if they would. I can't do the woodens. <laughs> i turned it into a science fiction halfway through, showing the characters as old people. I think all watchers got the idea of Royly being trapped <laughs> with spirits without the spectacle. It would have saved money on production as well three out of seven found that helpful
1: I don't know that I've ever encountered an impression that is decent aside from the huge glaring hole its <laughs> I, I, I can't do,
2: all right so what I, I haven't I've never been able to like, uh, like 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 identify a word I can't I can't do in an accent Wood. what would, would, would <laughs>
0: Maybe you gotta say purple burglar alarm with a Scottish accent.
1: Purple burglar. Purple
0: burglar alarm. Oh, oh Jake, this this is why well, we we'll demonstrate how this is done. Alright.
2: From from
0: Lazy Wheels 33, three, three, 7 out of 10. Oh, uh, well that was bloody creepy. A creative now, take on a Ouija board with so much more to say. I love the concept of the hand. It was so new and original. Yet the movie still holds at the idea of what can happen when you don't close the door. I would highly recommend this movie for friends to see. It's majorly creepy, but still entertaining and a gripping story. (laughs) Everyone gives a pretty good performance, but Sophie Wilde is really impressive in her role. Its role (laughs) it would have required for you to have a lot of confidence (laughs) and talent, all of which she portrays on screen with such bold brilliance. I believe she will be cast in a lot of movies in the future. I also want to give credit to the directors... Danny Philippa. Michael Filippo. this was brilliant. Please make more movies, space exclamation point. Five <laughs> out of five found this helpful. All
1: right. Well, I, I'm i not going to get shown up on my own show like that. <clears throat> All right. Now sit down. <laughs> going to reach a, a review right now. <laughs> I'm going British. I don't know why. All right. Original horror story with a hat. Intelligent horror. For once, there's a horror movie where the character development and scenario that out and the gets the audience invested in. Not since the first Elm Street movie was there ever an intelligent story about fear and loss. The movie examines the curiosity of what's on the other side of this life. Yes, it's also creepy, haunting, and with enough jump scares for the feeble folks. This movie opens dark and ends in a way that may stay with you for a while. Got a little Brooklyn there. I found it to be an intelligent. It's gone. The examines life and death. The monster itself. The monster is the fear itself of what lies on the other side. Well, it's difficult to delve into the details. No spoilers here. Let's just say horror movie fans will get the fill. It's scary, but it's also a story about loss. <laughs>
0: I want, I
2: want Zach to, to read this.
1: Eight yeah, thirteen found that helpful. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, you were you teleporting. You were, teleporting, you were teleporting between Bronx and <laughs> and <Ozy. laughs> he's, he's, he's vibrating. <laughs> All right, I um I watched uh uh two minutes of a nine minute one simple tip to sound Australian. Needed <laughs> Shout out Aussie English. Let's
0: go.
1: I can't like do it on, I'm, I'm like oh, Miles Morales in the second act of, of
0: on command.
1: Like when I'm quoting Annie Donna and I riff off of that, yeah. like I can dial in a pretty good Aussie accent, but like if I'm just reading something off the page here, it's a little bit more difficult. I, th- <laughs> I think I
2: need, I need to like to find a word that I've heard in, in Australian and like and then get all right, all right, quirky, 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 quirky. quirky. <laughs> uh,
1: a DVD box set of The Crown. Why, why would you get that on DVD?
2: Worst, al- worst role? Australian and horror movie in general. Socksbox <laughs> Studios.
1: That YouTube video is really doing <laughs> you your better wonders.
2: Better keep. It. Jake you better
1: hold on to this like, talk to me first
2: child <laughs> alright I've become in character <laughs> don't
1: want to let him go crikey talk to
2: yeah. me a movie collar <laughs> up you got the
1: denim you gotta you put put up. the collar up put the witch snick grub on your cock
2: talk to me a movie I was excited to see this is my third Australian horror film I've seen by <laughs> I've seen Behind Relic, one of my favorites, and the Boba Duke, <laughs> the <coughs> Boba Duke, Boba Dick. Uh, this movie was a complete garbage. It took scenes from Relic and is basically a less compelling version. God fucking damn it! I lost it of Annabelle Combs Home. The movie was very obvious foreshadowing, and I found myself falling asleep while watching it. All the horror elements. I, I, I got to do a silent and soft tea. You turned into Tommy
1: Wiseau there for a second.
2: Ailments. <laughs> a horror ailments. A-
1: a- stru- gotta get the nasal a in structure. there.
2: structure. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> I can't do it. I gotta, my it collar a beautiful went back fight, down. Jake. It was a beautiful uh, it's a longer. too, <laughs> so to keep fucking around. <laughs> All the horror elements are structure the same and feels like an AI wrote them. They didn't. The most interesting part was barely in there and just teenagers saying stories they heard. So you get no first-hand information. There was sound mixing issues, and the dialogue was clunky. There was so many useless characters, and it looked—it took a good chunk of the movie to settle on a main one. Don't get me started about the ending. It doesn't even make sense with the rest of the film, because the film basically says nothing the whole movie. People were calling out the twists about the two scenes before they were happening. Uh, this felt like someone who watched one horror movie and thought they could make their own. Um, I loved how people complained about Slender Man, but that's a, a masterpiece compared to this film. Uh, it feels like it was written by someone who never went to high school. Everything was so robotic. This movie has no redeemable qualities. I was extremely disappointed. Its scarceness comes from gore or s- scarceness? What do you mean scariness? Scariness
1: probably is what Go. they meant.
2: S- Scarceness. I think they meant scariness <laughs> comes from scariness, gore. Scariness. gore as shock factor, which honestly isn't scary. Honestly, 0 out of 10, one of the worst movies I've seen, and it barely counts as a story. I would skip seeing this convoluted mess. If anyone disagrees, talk to the hand. Ugh, eight out of thirty four found that helpful.
1: Did someone just drop a talk to the hand in twenty twenty three? If
2: anyone disagrees, talk to the hand, hand emoji. Yeah, they they really drop that.
1: This is this is what this is why we come here. Only real reviewers have the this, balls to do that. This guy was
2: born in before nineteen ninety one, at least. At least
1: this 90. man's dick enters the room five seconds before <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh
0: and hesitate to top this but we we are here for the real reviewers and please and gentlemen i have one of the realest reviewers out here members oh please
1: two- tell me it's andrew jackson comic plus guy no
0: no but this is something new and special and dear to me this is a Im- she's immediately one of my favorites maybe he i don't know um members since 2004 um over 2500 reviews uh continuous oscar highlights from 2005 every year um they gave barbie a one <laughs> but here they are uh crystal that's x s-t-a-l uh x of course um with their seven out of ten review and you'll understand why i'm hyping this up very soon <coughs> i don't know if i can do this voice it's not going to be an aussie one <clears throat> but I'll, I'll give it a shot the Handipodian Handshake of Horror. <laughs> there is a hand that can connect you with the dead. When it takes hold, you will be pumped full of dread. As you envelope around their fingers, digits conjure souls to bring you. They pass <laughs> and make their way into your head. It's fair to say that this is far from armless fun. If you were there, I'm pretty sure you'd make a run. Palm off the grasp to others to avoid being smothered, doing everything you can to snub and shun. But there are those who, when encouraged, can't resist, who choose to wrestle with demons at the wrist. Like a glory hole for arms With much regret and many qualms If nothing else Just hold on tight And make a fist 14 out of 22, baby Hall of Fame Right here
1: That's that's definitely a Hall of Famer The best part is that the rhyme scheme sucks <laughs>
0: I don't know what the rhyme scheme is It's It's either way too complicated, or they just didn't. They just weren't consistent with it. (laughs) So, Extel, I hope hope to see more from you in the future.
1: Oh, please, please.
0: Your record says you. I definitely will. I'll come across you at some point.
1: We'll meet again. Um, by hitting Control F and searching. (laughs) Um. Hot on its heels, and by hot on its heels, I mean nearly seven million dollars behind it. Is Indiana Jones the Tile of Destiny <laughs> in its Good fifth job. week? Good job, Indy. Uh, 40, 40 down 40.5 percent, uh, out of another 700 theaters, so it's only in 2100 theaters, so it's a respectable weekend. 357 million dollars worldwide, uh, definitely not quite the return that Disney. Was looking for on that, I'm certain.
0: Mm-hmm. Um is very nice
1: What else were Yeah, Elemental, though, has, has found some legs on the back end of its run here. And what was looking like it was going to be a huge box office flop is actually kind of rallied to uh be on the cusp of crossing 400. It will likely cross $400 million
2: worldwide. Gross.
0: marketable plushies can they sell i guess is the real question
2: i feel like the um the lower end of the box office is a little bit more stacked than we usually see it i feel like we're usually well yeah that's
1: because barbenheimer's such a juggernaut
2: I guess
1: it's yeah. it's bonking everything down a whole bunch well, no i mean the opposite um, like,
2: i i feel like we're usually in the one the one million already but maybe not maybe i'm
1: oh well yeah it all trickles down you know if if more people go into movies, yeah. you know, if they can't get a seat to whatever, they might be like, "Oh, well, I was kind of interested in seeing this." Yeah. Um, and Sidious the red door drops 51.6%, oof, down to $3.2 dollars, but a healthy 175 million dollar worldwide gross. Into the Spider Verse, sadly now, rounds out the top ten, but it's last, in the top ten in just eight hundred th- theaters. Yep.
0: Last it, chance. Or, if it's, yeah, uh, well that's your late run theaters may be showing it.
1: It is coming to digital this month, I believe. Um, and the the Blu ray comes out uh September. Uh but yeah, 1.4 million, and 33 theaters, so uh, it's gonna probably end up in the neighborhood of 685 million dollars worldwide, which is pretty, pretty good.
0: Yeah. good. Pretty,
1: pretty good. good
0: life for a good movie. Uh, shout out to the first slam dunk. I'm glad this, the accurate historical footage has finally been <laughs> brought to light um, in 11th here.
1: Ryota Miyagi.
0: It's the. Yes, it's the. I don't. Let's see. Who's the studio? It's G Kids as the distributor. But. um, Let's see. So is this some sort of anime I'm not familiar with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who. Who. Oh, is it Toei? Um, Toei. Toei. Animation by. Hideki Takahashi, okay. Um, produced by Matsui. Okay, Matsui. That's that's. These are names that I feel like I remember. Um, well,
1: I know the name Matsui as in Hideki Matsui, former left fielder for the New York Yankees.
2: <laughs> um, oh, yo, shout out to the Essential Church.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: Um, Way the seventeenth.
2: Uh, three. <laughs> oh
1: my God! This, when, this fucking description. Yeah,
2: when governments use COVID emergency act edicts to restrict gathering and worship of the church, three pastors face the risk of imprisonment. Take a courageous Take a stand. Courageous
0: stand.
1: Courageous stand.
0: stand. Um, yeah, this is the C- this is the God's
2: Not Dead reboot. <laughs> love this
1: it's probably the same fucking people
2: uh, this is atlas distribution
0: uh, i'll i'll say it a bunch of times my home church where i grew up uh just just did zoom church they put it on zoom and everyone yeah most most
1: people people. most did
0: (laughs) and they even they keep it because now there are plenty of old people who don't want to go out for a variety of reasons who could still tune in yeah
2: well, you know, it's funny, my, my I grandpa's go out very anymore. religious, um, and he would like to go, but he's just, he's getting old, he's slowing down, he can't make it there in the morning, and if he can't go Saturday, then he might be SOL. So, that, that like, online churches is, is, a, is a valuable thing to, to yes. a lot of people.
0: And, and also, the online churches, you can get one that's not a televangelist. Yeah. It's a lot better than T V church. Yeah. yeah. That is the follow up. And now we're on to the one true religion, video games.
1: Yeah. The <laughs> uh, the only the only one for me. All right, who wants the to, to talk first?
2: I'll, um I'll take Baldur's Gate. Um, yeah. Alright, boys and girls, it's time Baldur's Gate is coming down to the wire. It's um I think it's That might of...
1: be that might be the game we go back to streaming on.
2: Could be. I have a child yeah. soon, so I don't know what my availability is gonna be. That's a big old question mark. Um but yeah we'll wait for you. Uh August twenty fifth, I think, is the release date, um or about there. Um it goes on early release, early pre-order, I'm I'm pretty sure now. If not, well, I mean, the, you
1: can pre-order it. People have been able to pre-order it, so start, it's like,
2: but, yeah, but this basically. pre-order is like when you, when you get into like the early beta, you can play it for like a couple of weeks. Oh, early um, access, yeah, early yeah. access or whatever. Uh, that's what I meant. Yeah, sorry. Early access is starting, I think, now, and then they'll reset right, the servers. Right, but they,
1: yeah, they said that your progress won't be yes. saved.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah, they'll like reset you, which um I don't think that's great. <laughs> I hate when games do that, but if you really want to get if I guess it's good for streamers so they get early access. I think it,
1: it, yeah, it's more for like people who have to write a review, I feel. I, I, yeah. So they can like experience a good chunk of the game because the game's massive. Like it's 128 gigs or something like that. And there's, we played Divinity 2, their last game, and we, spent like 100 plus hours in that game and I feel like we saw maybe 15% of it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and from what I've seen in like the early like the, some of the um, just, I don't even know if they're cutscenes it looks pretty good for being that style of game where it's not too focused on like being super realistic and and yeah, camera camera down. The time is
0: like, Mm -hmm. like 50 feet off the ground.
2: Yeah. Top down, baby. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it looks like it's, um, it's going to be a good game. I think a lot of people are hyped for it. Um, there's a lot of good, like alternative, not alternative, but like alternative play style games that are coming out. Cause I think we also got an announcement for, um, what is the other Diablo type game? Um, path, uh, of sh- exile? path, path of exile. Yeah. And a lot of people are really hyped for path of exile. Uh, it might be, that's a,
1: obsidian, right?
2: Uh maybe, yeah. But they're doing something very similar to Baldur's Gate. Um or not Baldur's Gate, I'm sorry, Diablo Four. Um so it's another top down, you know, create your class RPG um style game where it's probably gonna have some sort of like hardcore mode and people are gonna get real sweaty about it. But Diablo four I think just had a bigger community than Path. Um
1: Oh yeah. At least for and sure. it's grinding gears, not uh not um uh, obsidian. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, the uh, Path of Exile definitely has had to step up. They've been around for a lot longer than Diablo 4 obviously, but since Diablo 4 is the new kid on the block and there's, you know, everyone who had complaints with Path of Exile jumped over so they could have complaints with Diablo 4. <laughs> um so Path of Exile needs to make new things for these guys to complain about.
1: I feel like that might not I don't know how much I feel like that like the Diablo or Path is like a Beatles or Stones divisive thing where like you're one or the other you
0: it could be I don't
1: know not a lot crossover I don't know I have no idea that's why I I don't think
0: a lot of like they might have drawn some people who were like I'm not a Path of Exile guy anymore I'm out I'm leaving the fandom I'm leaving the Sonic fandom
1: Oh, no.
0: yeah. So, um, big, big game, big release. When is it coming out?
2: Uh, let me, August twenty-fifth, you said. I thought yeah. that's what I thought it was, um, or twenty-eighth, twenty-fifth, or twenty-eighth. Probably whatever's a, a Friday. Let me confirm in a second. We'll
0: get to we will get to Baldur' Gates then. <laughs> um, and now I know all the characters thanks to the the integration the product integration (laughs) with magic the gathering uh card game uh created by trademark wizards of the coast (laughs) which um not my news story but um post malone bought the one ring for like 2.8 million
1: yeah i i had a feeling that he would end up with it eventually or like some other rich person that really likes magic
0: yeah it's it you know, it really kind of it—it it finally pulls the whatever wool was sitting in front of your eyes, whatever thin gossamer of of uh, <laughs> silk was sitting between you and the truth—that this was just advertisement for Turbo Whales.
1: Yeah, it—it uh, it was always going to be this way. Yep. And I'm—I'm I'm just, yeah. I, I don't think they ever like. The person who supposedly pulled it i don't think they ever like revealed themselves
0: no i don't think so i think they stayed anonymous but or maybe they so, didn't like advertise themselves
1: well so my conspiracy theory remains that no one actually opened this card <laughs> i see and it was you know this was all a, a scheme theorist. many months um, in in the making
2: so update on the boulders gate um it's out now. It's like August third is oh. the full release date, so I guess oh. there was an early access before this. Breaking um, news: Baldur's Gate um,
0: released.
2: I I could have been confused with um the. Uh, what should call it? The full console release. I think that's next month, September sixth for like PS Five and Xbox. Um, but mm-hmm. I I remember seeing that guy's TikTok. The uh, the guy who actually opened it. Um. He was kind of very. He he laid low. Like people didn't find out about the ring until it popped up on a PSA uh, grading website, and they finally did um, like show that it graded a nine. Um, And then he posted a TikTok not too long before he sold it um, of him holding the actual card in like a penny sleeve um, at like a game shop or something wherever he had it pulled. And his account very small probably just made it for that. Um and
1: suspicious.
2: I mean, look, it could be anybody. I think it would have been more I, don't, sus- I don't
1: know. I I mean, I don't actually necessarily believe this, but it wouldn't surprise me.
2: I i think it would have been more suspicious if somebody opened at like a, a convention. Like Gen Con's going on right now. If they had held it for Gen Con and people Well, You were can't make death. it
1: too obvious, Jake. If you want to get away with it, you have to be subtle. I you mean, have to be sneaky.
2: I don't know. Wizards of the Coast, they're pulling out every brain dead move there is right now, so
1: they've put all their creative energy into this. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. And um, I'm sure they're gonna make another one of one something card with like you know, further on down the road because this sold like hotcakes.
1: Speaking um, of rings <clears throat> Lord of the Rings Gollum. Gets a big old patch that supposedly fixes a lot of shit. I've got uh like probably three dozen, maybe four dozen bullet points of stuff here. Run
0: through them faster than faster than you can enunciate properly.
1: I'm not I'm not gonna do that because uh, that would be stupid. Instead, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk talk more about what this patch represents on a philosophical level. Um, so a big, big patch came out for this, uh, but the patch notes, in addition to being very detailed, came with a message from the developers and, uh, it reads as kind of like, all right, that's it. We're done. We're washing our hands of this, uh, goodbye and good luck. So the quote from Dalek's statement here is, uh, Oh, God, where did it start? We screwed It's also coming in releasing updates. Oh, my God. Where was the quote? All right. To all our players, thank you for your patience, Daylick wrote. We sincerely hope that these changes will help you enjoy the Lord of the Rings Golem. And that was it.
0: Yeah. We're just signing off. This is... Don't say we didn't do nothing for you.
1: <laughs> I haven't... I mean, this this whole concept was weird from the start. Like, who would want to play as Gollum? (laughs) Of all the Lord of the Rings characters, you could make a game around. During his, and then it it was
0: in Mordor.
1: It was delayed twice, and still looked, played, and ran like shit. So. I, I cannot wait for Matt McMuscles to, to do his thing and pump out the what happened for Gollum. I would read a fucking like blood, sweat, and pixels style book about the development of this, because it must have been fucking wild, dude. Yeah. They must have like scrapped this thing several dozen times over if it came out that half baked after that long.
0: Yeah. Either that or it's it's either it's a it's a all-or-nothing sort of situation, where either there were so many problems, so many issues, that, yeah, it was a clusterfuck, or the maybe probably less likely option that they just didn't do anything, which is kind of its own interesting story. Like, how do you get to producing a whole game while, like, just trying to fly as (laughs) half-assed as you can?
1: You know, like... I feel if a game this with this kind of budget, that's that's pretty unlikely. Like, if you're a shovelware dev, maybe. But, like, all the classic tales of games like this that come out like this are tales of reach out over reaching grasp, you know? Yeah. Reach exceeding um, your grasp.
0: Uh, Daikatana.
1: Yeah, just... Engine changes, wanting to scope creep you know all these things are, are what typically sinks these projects. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure there will be interviews after NDAs expire. I'm sure uh, a lot of dirty laundry will be aired out of this. Um, and I look forward to reading all about
0: it. Take it all. Um, and then finale uh, in a tale of video game success. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Nintendo just had a record-breaking quarter, thanks to Tears of the Kingdom. Um, they sold their this was their highest global sell-through of first-party products since uh, 2017 when the Switch launched. Um, mainly on the back with of- Breath
1: of the Wild. <laughs>
0: um, now, t- now the, the the good viewer will pay attention to the sig figs and decimal points in this paragraph. Nintendo says those 3.91 million units sold translates to unit sales for the entire Switch family of systems rising by 13.9 percent year on year, primary led by Switch OLED, which contributed 2.83 million of those sales. The standard Switch sold at 0.64 million, not 0.64, 0.64 million units, and the Switch Lite sold 0.43 million. Software sales grew by twenty-six point one percent year on year, thanks to fifty-two point two one million units during the same period. The Tears of the Kingdom's eighteen point five one million units is more than a third of those sales. So we've had. Did we lose w- Peter? Oh, oh, oh. One Lost decimal Peter. Point, Two decimal points. Um, uh,
1: three stall sig for figs, time.
0: Four sig figs
1: so um um, i says to the guy
2: <laughs> in the new csgo you can spin the c4 as like a waiting animation that was pretty cool
1: <laughs> yeah that's rad bro <laughs> it's totally rad
2: i'm never gonna play that game but it's cool to see people do that <laughs>
1: Okay, we got him back. Yeah, uh, Excellent job, gone. Jake.
2: I was
0: never gone. I was just finishing my point about Breath of the Wild and how definitely consistent the article was in its, in its oh, scientific uh, notation. Um, yeah,
1: um, I'll, I'll figure that out. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it sold, it sold a bunch of copies and big money. Um, Z- Zelda, Breath of the Kingdom, Wild... How are they gonna do it? What are they gonna top next? I don't know. Maybe they'll just make another one with like even different gimmicks.
2: <laughs>
1: I I mean that just describes every video game sequel ever.
2: Could yeah, they do that a third time? Correct. I I feel like uh, Breath of the Wild is like one you can only do twice, or Tears of the Kingdom is one you can only do. You only do it one more time. You got me with like the map being big. And the fusing of objects, and the and the cool cars, <laughs> totally rad. Love that.
0: I do like the selection of uh, flying islands, caves, and super glue.
2: <laughs> so, these, these like, what can you add to that to make a third derivative of that the same game? Um, I'm not gonna put a them because they've been doing that with Pokemon. For longer than I've been alive. Yeah.
0: So, but this is yeah, this is another one of those big style defining Zelda games where Nintendo says this is who we are now.
1: Wait, I'm sorry, I need to rewind for a second here um, because it just hit me what Jake said. Jake, do you think you're younger than Pokemon?
2: Well, when did they come out with the first game? Nineteen
1: ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah. Oh,
2: well, development. i you know, older de- than Pokemon. Include, include <laughs> development time. Maybe not. It's got to be in the
1: I don't think it came to America until like 98.
2: Uh, I don't fucking know. OG Pokemon. The concept art.
1: <laughs> Probably less than two years. I think, Jake, I can solidly say that you and I are both older than Pokemon. Yeah. Not much older. But older nonetheless.
0: We're co- we're peers with Pokemon. Pokey peers.
2: Don't fucking out my age to a live audience.
1: Jake, we already made a joke about how we're all pretty much 30.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, Jake. We'll just tell them your social security next week. We'll keep your age secret. <laughs> it's,
1: it's a funny it's a funny prank.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's eight numbers
1: called identity theft. It's
0: called it's your personal fortune. If you see a fortune, when you see a fortune cookie that has the same number as your social security, phone me and tell me those numbers, and I'll tell you your real fortune. And then I'll steal your fortunes.
1: <laughs> no, my favorite. I, I prefer the payoff to that scam where it's just you read their account balance to them. That's what you use the social security number for.
0: See, I like to bundle my security. My IP address, I've actually reconfigured it to be my social security number.
1: (laughs) Really keep that on lockdown.
0: That way hackers will never be able to steal my identity.
1: Only the government can get in there. There
2: we go. Satoshi Tajiri was only 24 when he came up with the concept in 1990. A year after Nintendo's then-groundbreaking <laughs> portable Game Boy system went on sale. Pokemon's older than me. The IP. The intellectual property of Pokemon.
0: Congrats. You've done it.
1: That's like saying I date back to when my dad hit puberty. <laughs>
2: I I believe that we should be uh, aged up to when we were conceived.
1: Which would still make <laughs> me older than Pokemon. <laughs> if we want to go by that logic.
0: Do the... Uh, yeah, it's the first thing you do when you hit like 18 years is you find your new age. You sit down with your parents and you backdate. <laughs> to the, to the, like, all right. So like, mm, January-ish... What were you guys doing around then? Like, there's there a date that stands out? Did yeah. um, I don't
1: know, you get any that month? Yeah. Get any that week?
0: I'm gonna do a tracking of your zinc levels, Dad. <laughs> uh, zinc is is a metal. <laughs> <laughs> Just like this movie.
2: I was trying so, to find a the- twisted this metal.
1: this transition got real twisted up
0: uh, i'm a hack fraud
1: <laughs> you're a hack fraud con man and you should feel bad about
0: Stole it every dollar
2: made. so this was a, a surprise hit that um i did not expect us to be watching uh this week yeah
0: a little tv show that could
1: um, it it just got the one percent it needed to make it certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, <laughs> um, yeah, this was I a show. My my only exposure to twisted metal lore was this lore video I watched randomly once, produced by someone who was newer to the YouTube game, um, and uh, they uh, they had made mention that the show looked like shit. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And I saw the preview for it on Peacock when I was getting ready to watch some WWE show. I don't remember what. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that doesn't look terrible. I mean, maybe they're just mad because it's not like the game. And I think there is probably a section of twisted metal purists, especially the ones who are really big fans of twisted metal black that kind of feel that way. But uh, I think as a show, um, they put in the elements from the video game that suited the style of show they wanted to make well, and they didn't add in the other parts. And it made for a good show. I'd stop short of calling it a great show, but it was it was pretty entertaining. Um, you know, it starts a little slower. I think the latter part, of The season is better than the uh, the earlier part, um, but it's a it's a pretty easy watch. I'd say all in all, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, uh, not too long episodes, thirty minutes, pretty digestible, moves pretty fast, and um, it doesn't like. Cars, d- Jake. That's, that's I mean, yeah, but it doesn't dwell on like a lot of like just road tripping around, and uh, they they kind of just have a plot beat, and then they get going on their way to the. Yeah, what we think at that point is like the end mission, and then like, oh, there's they more. They tell, okay, yeah, they
1: tell their story and they get out. <laughs> they don't dawdle.
2: Yeah, um, this does set up for a second
0: season. I kind of wish it was just the one, perfect one, the, the one nice little season they had wrapped here. Um, that being said, uh, I feel like this show was the product of some of the the most useful and productive brainstorming writer sessions. That we may have seen in the last decade, it's like they took all the ideas that you think of when you like. All right, we're making a twisted metal show. What do we want in there? Like, what do we want the locations to be? Who do we want the characters to be? How do we want to like twist it up? What are we doing here? And they took all yeah. those, and instead of like saying things out loud, they gave it to an intern and put it in a secret briefcase. he says go. Go to, go distribute the script and don't tell anyone. If an executive hears about this, you take that cyanide pill. <laughs> and they fucking they nuclear footballed it right past anyone who was gonna fuck it up. And it was just the simple ideas that went forward with it. Ward's yeah,
1: it, it and there's there's a certain charm to that. Um, I uh, I appreciate so this this is a, a pretty the show has a pretty straight comedy bend to it um it, it never a, really it never takes adventure. itself too too seriously um especially in the earlier part of the season which is why I think I didn't care for those episodes quite as much is because it was it bordered at times on being just a little too silly mm-hmm. um but as the season wore on, and you explored more of the character origins uh you know it got darker but without losing its nature as a comedy and in so doing it kind of creates the vibe that i was hoping for when the boys first came out um obviously that show took a a different direction but this is the kind of tone i was expecting and i as i anticipated at the time it worked quite well
0: (laughs) I will say for the beginning of the show and kind of setting things up, um, the, the humor and the comedy and a lot of the actual tone of the show um, is distinctly early 2000s, which was when Twisted Metal was very popular. That was It was a PS2 game, right?
1: No, Twisted Metal came awesome. out in 1995 for the PS1. Okay.
0: Um, but... It, it encapsulates that late '90s, early 2000s vibe with its soundtrack, with its aesthetic choices. In the the story, 2002 is, of, of yeah, that's when the fall in happened. The early 2000s, and yeah. so it's technically 2023-ish, um, but it definitely feels like it reminds me. Of, it reminded me of Postal in that way of like, this is what subversive comedy was at that time. <laughs> uh, some of the things like pop out of my mind is like. There was a particular obsession in the early two thousands that, like, suburban, like, what if, what if suburbia was evil, and I, I blew up pe- suburban people's heads with a shotgun. I, I just that was like that. That was like a vibe that was going through adult uh, games and and TV. Like, I, I, think of like especially like postal. Postal comes to mind a lot when I watch this show. I feel like Bowl, his spirit his guiding hands loom over this. Like, Seth, it's not quite... Oh, Seth, not that. That's a different vibe.
1: Well, I mean...
0: But that kind of, like, weird, callous, raunchy vibe, like, that proudly trashy vibe, where they're like, here, what's the the most garbage uh, setup we could have? Like, and I feel like it stays true to what I assume are, like, the backstories of some of these characters, like... I could see Agent um, Stone as being just a mall cop. Like I could see that scroll as you select his character. Agent yeah. Stone was a mall cop. He got shit on by like everyone, and then he turned rampant, and now he upholds the law, capital L. You know. So
1: um, from what I've researched at slash understand, um, my, many of the characters shared a little more than a name with their video game counterparts. Um, so that's another reason why I think like super diehards might not care for the show so much
2: yeah um, uh, so my my um background on twisted metals not very much um but i I recommended we watch this when uh I listened to a moist critical review of the show and said it was you yeah. know the trailer was the worst part, and they showed all the bad shit in the trailer, and the show's actually pretty good. Um, and he knew Twisted Metal a little bit more and the one thing he said was yes, the characters are basically just names from the game and appearances somewhat um, and they don't really share any backstory, but he said that's kind of like t- towards a benefit um, kind of because Twisted Metal yeah storyline wasn't all that great
1: it's not the best story and it like there really wasn't a continuous storyline each game was kind of a soft reboot because every character canonically would have to die at the conclusion of a twisted metal tournament
2: and you know i'm i'm scrolling through here and um and they're they're calling out different um twisted metal games that like the pizza boy uh appeared in twisted metal 4 which is hated by the fans. And there was other other ones that were like in I'm um, I'm
0: sure that anyone who who could have conceivably driven a car in this movie was a character.
2: Feature. Yeah. Uh yeah, cuz it, yeah, it was for lots. the most part.
1: Yeah, even Mike and Stu were were characters yep. in one yep. game.
2: Almost everybody, the granny, flower power, uh the flower girl, Amber Rose, yep. uh Twister was the car. Uh, was oh, Juggernaut? Amber uh, Granny Dread. Um, oh no, Granny's... she had her beamer, right? Yeah, at least in
0: the show it was the beamer.
2: Uh, the truck caravan. She's a drive driver of the monster truck Hammerhead in Twisted Metal Three, uh, ninety eight. Um, so she doesn't drive the beamer in the games, but she drives uh, a monster truck or something. So okay. kind of a different departure from there. But you can't really fit that in the show. I get it. Um, they even even to the point the small little throw easter eggs. Where um, the sweet tooth has a flashback when he's a kid, his stepdad says, You'd still be living in a taxi cab if you were with your real that father. Trip. That's a reference to Charlie Kane, who drove the car Yellow Jacket in yeah. Twisted Metal in 1995.
0: Um, I want a crazy taxi movie. I don't yeah. know how that would work, but Harvey wants a crazy taxi movie. Um,
2: yeah, there's there's a lot of like callbacks, even if it's just names, I guess there's a lot of like information to go off of. Uh, which is really cool. I, I think that's a, a neat way to just kinda take the setting and the environment, then the characters establish, yeah. and then build a story around them. Uh it's it kinda the, depends it's, on the writers though.
1: It's the Sonic the Hedgehog playbook, right? Yeah. Of of that sort of like not a strict interpretation of the events of a game, mm-hmm. but we're taking these characters and we're, we're making a story and they're just going to be in that story.
0: And they definitely, I like that they captured kind of a sense of Americana in it. And like, it's about cars and driving. So like, what do you do in a car? Like you go to fast food places uh, for a cheap date. You go to, you drive out to the movie theater. It, if it was a drive, a drive-in, that would have been really cool. But <laughs> yeah, uh, hold off on that. Um, Like, you know, the DMV being the bad, you know, the the layer of evil. That was classic. Um, Yeah. Just a lot of things where it's like, uh, it almost feels like, have you ever been in this situation in a car? Let's exaggerate that uh, and really bring out the the emotion there. Like, the setup for one of the episodes is they're driving along the road and they get boxed in by trucks. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, if you've ever driven on the highway and been boxed (laughs) in by trucks that's a very that's a stressful scary and annoying situation. just ready for them to scoop you up. Um yeah, it's it's a well-paced story. Um it doesn't get lost in in lore and politics and back, you know, backstory too much. Um the,
1: But it does it uses it good cuz it uses it pretty well, I feel, cuz like there's four major characters in the show, and each of those characters get an episode that is mostly flashback to their origin.
0: Yeah. Um, and shout-out to the combo for Sweet Tooth, Will Arnett and uh, Joe Sanoa, Samoe yeah. Joey.
1: Joey oh, Samoe. I love
2: that. That was fantastic. Good job. Um,
0: so, Kurt, you told me the story about what they, how they did that.
1: Oh yeah, so I guess like instead of sometimes when you have a character who is you know Physical acted actor and a voice actor, you'll have they'll have the voice actor kind of read the re- lines how they're going to record them so the the other actors can play off of their their tone or whatever. But in this case, uh, Joe did you know the line reading on set, and when they he was doing the, there's a scene where uh, John Doe. Played by anthony mackie who's your main character first encounter sweet tooth played by joe um there's he's singing the thong song and i guess joe was singing it like so so loud and with such like oomph and, and chutzpah and, and passion <laughs> that like everyone on set was cracking up and they had to retake it a whole bunch of times
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> which I, I i love it it's like it's, that's always a sign of a good movie because like if you can get, if you can get the crew laughing, you're in a good spot.
1: Yeah. Everyone's going to, going to have fun and, and collaborate and all that. And, you know, I've, I've seen articles from a couple places that, you know, Anthony Mackie in interviews specifically single out how much he enjoyed working with uh, Joe. Yeah.
0: Um, it feels like a, a good crew who has worked on bigger stuff And it's just—I feel like this is a a smaller, more uh, passionate kind of project. I don't know why I get that idea, but it feels like that. Um, Yeah, everyone does a great job in it. Anthony Mackie, Stephanie um, Beatriz—who plays Stone? Uh, I Uh,
1: don't—I don't know um, the actors. Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, he's got three. He's Lars.
2: I know him from as Lars from. uh, Uh. not Tarzan um, Oh my god The I mean, Brenda Fraser movie
1: George of the Jungle George
2: of the Jungle Yeah Yes Okay Yes
0: um, What What else was he in He was in Spider. Oh he was long Sandman long In Spider-Man 3 yeah. Uh, yeah Yeah It was Over the hedge
2: I mean All, all the All Let's the supporting see. casts were, were really good um, mm-hmm. Really good Um like uh, Mike Mitchell had a had a surprisingly large role as Stu, as the kind of kind of guy mark. with
1: both the best and worst luck in the yeah, world.
2: Seriously, <laughs> um, that was pretty funny. And he just uh, came he came out on top. He's playing playing both sides the entire time, well, trying to be a good guy. He to just I wouldn't say he came
1: out on top. <laughs> yeah, he he
2: well, ended we'll up surviving at the and end, and right?
0: Did
1: you did you watch all the
2: way through?
0: There was a post-credit scene.
2: Oh, the was there? Oh. Yeah. yeah,
0: go watch that while we finish up our our comments. <laughs> um, no, uh, the only the things I say were mid about it. So that like again, the vibes, the feel was great. The continuity editing had some errors that were very noticeable. The romance plot uh, between Quiet and John Doe um, did feel a little dramatastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, A little forced. Some of the CGI was was
0: mid, but.
1: A lot of the CGI was pretty rough. But for a TV show, like, I I come from an era where if you had CGI in a TV show, it wasn't going to be great because there wasn't a ton of money per episode.
0: Yeah. It was. CGI was to put images on a screen, on a computer screen, or simulate a laser blast. (laughs) Um, And this was. More than that, which was fine. Um oh, what else was I gonna say? That was that was about this. Um, you know, um not every joke landed combat, but they, they did what a good show that has a limited budget should do. They do a they a couple times yeah. through the season and then they end it with a big old blowout. I
1: like I like how they did it, where they built up to, you know, what would resemble most the gameplay of Twisted Metal. Yeah. Um, and I think that was a really smart way to kind of cap the series. Yeah. Um, other mid-things are kind of, you know, uh, not every joke lands, um, but the jokes that don't land aren't, like, cringe bad. They're just like, yeah, you could have done better there. And,
0: and due to the nature of Anthony Mackie's character as a motormouth who won't shut up and just keeps blabbering on, no joke sits too long.
1: Yeah um for the most part the writing's pretty solid there are some story inconsistencies um more so with like character motivations yeah Um, but for the most part it's it's well put together um i I'd, i'd recommend this to anyone who likes uh action stuff if you are if you're looking for something a little less uh less comedy oriented than the uh post apocalyptic miracle workers series on TBS then uh this might scratch that itch for you. Yeah.
0: I here's, my recommendation is that I had fun watching this and I was enjoying it like pretty genuinely. So for 10 episodes, 3 minutes an episode.
1: Yeah, it it's 5 good? hours of content. I mean, I I think it's pretty good. It's one of the better shows to drop on streaming recently so if you're looking for something new to watch uh even if you're not a fan of the games i'm not i wouldn't call myself a fan of the games but i found enjoyment out of the series
0: i i, I guess considering what the fans have said probably if you're not a fan of the game or if you haven't played twisted metal this might actually work better for you
1: well um, it's got a 92 percent audience score and a pretty high imdb score so i think even most fans are are pretty happy with how it turned out.
0: And honestly, this makes I think this makes this the best video game based TV show out there right now. Looking at you, Halo. I
1: was about to say it doesn't exactly well. Last of Us might give it a run for its money. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. oh yeah, Last of Us. It is funny to compare these two as post apocalypse um, action <laughs> you know, cause
1: Different different shows, different shows. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, Last of Us is based more on the people. There's based more on like the, uh I guess, like system of governance is kind of like the major um, overarching because it's like surprisingly well organized for, um, you don't, you don't really see that often in like a dystopian society where like, look at the walking dead. Like they had nothing. They, the zombies attacked and they had literally nothing. Uh, and it was a while until they found civilizations that started cropping up and interacting with each other. Um, where this is like, yep, all the cities they're walled off like right away, and uh, they're all talking to each other and trading dog food with each other. So, well, I, That's,
1: I feel like there was the some least. infrastructure build up that they kind of glossed over because I don't like in 2002, like the walls didn't go up right away. Yeah. Um. So like there was obviously time for everything to kind of settle.
2: And I guess the only thing they had to worry about was people just like revolting with like you know you know it's a weird this is a weird human nature thing you you remember remember when like the the power would go out at alfred and then you would just hear shrieking across yes yes what like i've heard people say vile things when when the lights go off they shriek (laughs) they say i'm getting raped They say, like, the N-word. This is at Alfred State. This was at the pristine (laughs) Alfred University. Um, No, we have
1: a higher quality student.
2: Yeah, higher quality student. Higher quality shrieking. Um, But, like, just some animalistic nature comes out when, like, the power goes out and we don't have our electronic vices.
0: Fuck, even, I say this every time to anyone who lives in my town. Uh, When it rains here the drivers go like partially insane i don't know if you've noticed that as a driver kurt yeah um that i feel like the the driver behavior gets much more erratic as soon as it starts raining
2: um
1: depends on where you are but yeah generally speaking
2: i just assume the end times are near um but yeah i mean even with the um the quote-unquote civilized people the 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 systems of government are still pretty um, rabid and brutal. Like the OC where they would Yeah, the OC
1: the... is a particularly brutal example. Like they had a reputation.
0: Again, that was definitely the product of like one nice writer's brainstorming session where they, they laid out how many different fucked up post-apocalypse societies can we make.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's cool though. I, I I don't know if that was yeah. It's cool game.
1: to see the different kind of factions. It, it felt very like Fallout New Vegas in a way. Yeah, where there were a bunch of different camps of oh, of no you I know like raiders.
0: New Vegas factions. Oh, like, I totally didn't see that. Yeah. Um. The like the the. Well, I guess uh, I don't want to talk too long before getting into spoilers. Um. Although we could, right? We could just keep. Um, but like yeah, the, Astro we... bur- the Astro Burger feels like the um, the Rocket Cult from, um,
1: New Vegas. oh yeah, the Pizza Planet from Toy Story. Yeah. Um, oh 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 yeah. Oh no, the Ghouls. Yeah. The ghouls. Yeah, the that think they were from space and wanted to go back to the planet.
0: Yep. Um, like vultures are just cons.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, there's. Uh, you can you can make some fits, a yeah. A lot
0: of really, I mean, a lot of these are classic ideas for for uh, apocalypse factions. We haven't hmm. seen like a medieval one yet, but um, there's always there's soon. The the iron horses. I don't know. Um, lots of fun, lots of creativity, lots of fun. Watch out, pay attention. to Episode two, the end of the episode. <laughs> this was the most egregious continuity uh, cut that I saw. Um, It was the end of the episode. Uh, John and Quiet are pointing their guns at each other on the dry, dusty road outside Vegas. And John's on the uh, right side of the screen, Quiet's on the left. But they need to shoot the reverse angle to show Sweet Tooth coming in. So they just flip the camera 180, disregarding basic film techniques. They (laughs) snap cut to the other side, and they zoom in at the same time. So... John, instead of being on the right side, he's on the left side and much closer to the camera and quiets over on the right side. And I was just like, it smacked me in the face. Well,
1: there's a reason why you're not supposed to do that because yeah. it does that to people.
0: <laughs> so, um, yes, that, that just it, it sticks out in my mind. Um, but it did not detract from my enjoyment of the show. Go watch it. We will talk about, we'll talk a little bit about spoiler time now. Yeah. So, okay. Get out. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. I don't
1: it. really know what more I specifically spoilers want to well, we say about it, but
0: mostly I I think the only thing that's like specifically important is just talking about like the romance plot. Um,
2: so yeah, so we, we our main character is John Doe. He has like amnesia and he's a he's a milkman. So he delivers goods from town to town and trades off and gets paid. Um until he gets a job that offers him like his dream of uh finally getting a home and like getting inside the walls becoming he could like hang up his his keys and not have to do what he does anymore. Right. Um on this last job though, he meets um a girl who is on the run or seeking vengeance, I guess, yeah for these uh lawmen. Um she tries well, to steal the they They're initially
1: on the run. When we when we meet them they're trying to steal the car and yeah. then they have a run with the law and yeah, cuz they're they're trying to escape the OC
2: yeah quiet and her it, her brother they get right. they get hunted down by the lawmen or they get found by the lawmen and they give the brother a choice and he ends up shooting himself I, I i didn't pay attention to that scene was it choice either they kill her or he shoots himself
1: if so either one of them kills themselves or they shoot both of them
2: yeah yeah, so the brother brother shoots himself. She gets branded with the lawmen, um, and then she has so that instigates her vengeance for the lawmen and Agent Stone, um, and uh, then she she goes off and, and tries to find an out um, where she runs those... into. Yeah, sorry. Hmm? You, I... I was gonna say she she run runs into John Doe as he's on his way to um, New Chicago. Make really,
1: literally, his first stop after getting the map from his uh cartographer and him saying it's real dangerous out east, and like literally, his first encounter, he almost gets the car robbed from him and ends up getting captured by a lunatic. I do
0: like again. I like that about the map maker as an aside, like. The, again, it's a great concept. Is the maps are just like children's play, uh, like um, not play mats, but um, fast food.
2: Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, they look like treasure maps. But as like they're these really important documents that are the key to the milkman's survival and out in the, in the <laughs> wastelands. That's great. Perfect. Well, and and he, and he pays I, the map maker in crayons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that you make more maps yeah. that way. Um, and then uh, you know there are some maps more valuable. The, they didn't touch upon it too much, but it, mm-hmm. ones that go all around the um, the lawmen's routes or stops that he has. Um, I thought it was really clever to like uh, to make the lawmen kind of like uh, they want to bring back like this bureaucratic environment yeah. to like um, kind of enemy? enslave people into bureaucracy and paperwork. Mm-hmm. What's uh, the worst
0: <laughs> enemy? free rider traffic cops
2: <laughs> i thought that was pretty funny um it was, it was clever too it was like you could have just stopped it at like oh yeah the lawmen have an outpost there where they mm-hmm. you know get food and try to recruit more people and bring the law to people i don't know Um oh, but no you have them try to give out driver's license
0: and once again and like uh they're taking cues from all the best plots because the headquarters or the uh, the important city of the white oh, villain yeah. the Hoover Dam versus the heroic <laughs> black guy is Topeka, Kansas. Oh yeah, Topeka,
1: Kansas.
2: <laughs> and, Co- the, Kansas. and the Hoover Dam too, the, the base in Hoover Dam from right from Fallout New Vegas. I was yep. like yeah. another post apocalyptic uh setting the, I mean if you're
1: gonna steal from a post apocalyptic story, New Vegas, I mean you might as well steal from the best,
2: right? Yeah. Especially if it's <laughs> totally fine. Totally, totally uh granted. Um so they uh they you know, they, they get into a sticky situation with them and end up escaping uh with the help of a friendly uh lawman, Stu, um, who then gets himself in trouble. Uh but then we meet Sweet Tooth, who I think is the well, we uh, before then. Right, he did has he meet them before? Yeah, because they uh, yeah he's uh, he's yeah. the
1: first yeah we meet him I think before we right, meet yeah does the Vegas thing
2: first yeah sorry sorry yep. um and and Sweet Tooth is awesome we talked about him before where he does Will Arnett a, and he has this great great chemistry with that. Anthony Mackie yep. um they're, they're written really really well maybe a little overboard in some cases but
0: he's maybe a little on the funny side but hopefully that just means that since they're doing a second season, they can just bring him.
1: He gets more season. serious as, yeah, he gets more serious as the season wears on, I think, uh, yeah. or at least more durant. Like as soon as like his origin story episode happens, I think you start to see him in a different light and all of a sudden, you know, the kind of like funny nature to his mayhem seems a lot Less funny now, <laughs>
0: which matches perfectly yeah. with raising mistakes as the show goes on. Good, yeah. Well, yeah, he's a
2: Great he's a terrifying character. So, the more serious he gets and the more brutal he gets, uh, the more scared we're gonna be, or the more, right. um, but a uh, high-stakes character he is.
0: I, as a watcher, I'm never like worried. I'm like, oh, if he dismembers a guy, I, you know, it's not like a horror movie where I'm like, I'm yeah, just, I'm not feeling the vibe, or I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm scared. Cause uh, this is not what this is about. You're there to watch the depravity unfold as a laughing spectator.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, um, so he he gets into the lawmen. He meets them. He meets um, a couple other band of people along the way, and he ends up. Oh, we'll fast forward a little bit. Gets gets to Chicago and gets the uh the package. Calypso. Meets Calypso, who from the games is the creator of the uh, tournament. Right. Um, yeah, I
1: think he's like gonna like have a secret demon kind of guy. Yeah. He uses a demon. To grant the wish, right. and I know that much. It,
0: it, they they just kind of tease him. Um, the whole scene is is uh, quiet. Who again, played by Stephanie Beatriz? Who um, she lampshades the whole thing. Um, but there's a part of me that when she started talking, I wanted her to use her her regular speaking voice. So Kurtz heard it from Brooklyn Nine Nine when like behind the scenes stuff. Jake, have you ever heard Stephanie Beatriz's actual oh, speaker? Her normal speaking voice,
2: probably.
1: Just look at an interview, like with Fallon or someone.
0: Yeah, um, she has. For those of you who do not want to look it up at home, which it takes five seconds, go do it. Um, she's a she's actually kind of like a theater nerd, uh, with a like a bubblegum, uh, top, you know, chirpy tweety bird <laughs> voice, like complete yeah. like. Valley girl preppy sounding, which is funny because the, the role she takes are these these badass serious women. And then she she makes her voice gruffer, um, but hers was a little light lighter than Rosa in Brooklyn Nine Nine, but um, yeah, good performance. Um, and uh, yeah, so they go to Chicago. They get that, and all this time, this is a road trip. Classic road trip um, rom com setup where they have the meet cute, and they build their bond over the course of the first leg of the trip. And on the way back, they kind of they finally establish that like they're they're a thing now. So now that they're together, now they can we can have all the will they won't they drama. Where
1: <laughs> well, there's a ton of will they won't they, they there
0: the beginning episode over one thing, getting you know they're upset with each other, and then by the end of the episode. They're, uh, they're like I. I
1: can't They've reconciled. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that kind of comes to a head in like the eighth episode, which, um, yeah. So they get it's a routine kind of episode in terms of like the plot that happens, but um, John Doe's car gets stolen by holy men, and he's upset because that was his like, he was his companion essentially for the first most of his life. Um,
1: All of his life that he can remember, yeah. essentially.
0: Uh, so he's, like, justifiably upset um, at Quiet because she was supposed to be guided guarding the car. Um, so they go back. But,
1: but, like, we need to take a step back further because the reason that the car needed to be left unguarded in the first place is that Quiet was fucking around with the, the lone photo, photo he had of... His, and he said, please be careful with that. That's the only one I have. And she's like, oh, what's the worst that happens? And it flies out the window. So I have to pull over and look for it. Yeah. All this is leading up to, at the climax of the episode, John stays by to try to save Evelyn from the Holy Man compound. And Quiet like gives him an ultimatum. And she's not going to com- accompany him on this journey. And then... Then this ensuing episode, she's mad at him
0: for st- picking with the car, and yeah like the the arguments that go on are are kind of nonsensical Because uh, she's like, no, I don't get it, it's just a car it's like i it's just a thing I'll leave you, but like you agreed with him to go into this like it's not it wasn't a situation where she was getting more and more trepidation of like is it really worth it and she's not question- like it just kind of came out of nowhere that i'm going yeah and now like now i don't care like i her I
1: argument care. yeah her argument just drop it later on you know about already having lost so many people and not wanting to lose another it would have been a fine argument to articulate in that moment instead of just like, we have to go, it's just a car.
0: And certainly not after the car explodes at the end of the episode and there's a full three-minute montage of Evanescence as he recalls <laughs> all the good times he had with the car and mourns its death. <laughs> like, you don't do that and say, and then he has to go and be like, I'm sorry, it was just a car.
1: And the no. thing that bothers me most about it is he never calls her on her bullshit. He never mentions that the whole thing is essentially her fault. He just kind of hangs his head and says, I'm sorry. Stand up for yourself, man.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. It was not constructed. It was a,
1: a... Yeah, it was a pretty... That, that was not probably... Not the worst probably the worst writing in the show honestly
0: other than that it's they're a great couple like
1: yeah and they play off each other well like i i don't dislike either character i think it's a good pairing i think they're individually strong characters it was just that particular interaction didn't really line up with the rest of of what they were like on the show um so it stands out as kind of a, a harder thing. But uh, like we mentioned, uh, they, they finish the job. He gets back in New San Francisco. He gets and his life there.
0: So and he, he gets everything yes. he wished for, but it's a it's, uh, monkey pod.
1: Yeah. So he, he finds it boring, and he's without quiet, so he says, I'm going to leave. And then uh Raven, the COO of a city, which is an interesting title, Uh, Drops the friendly facade and says, all right, well, you're driving in this tournament here, uh, whether you want to or not, because Calypso's offering a wish and I want that. And that sets it up for next season where.
0: Is Raven like also magical because she was like sewing voodoo dolls and she had like a pentagram necklace. Um,
1: I don't know that she she has. I don't think she's like a prominent character in the game games i don't want to say that she was invented for the show but like she they kind of plucked the name from the abyss
2: so in the in the series um it, okay so in twisted metal black 2001 raven is a teenage girl enters a tournament to avenge her best friend kelly who drowned when bullies uh threw her into water she drives a shadow car in the game so n- no <laughs> name only <laughs> yeah which is um, weird cause, the like, doll definitely
0: has a motif of like an evil controlling witch.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, so I thought is... for sure that like they were just gender bending Calypso.
2: Right, but then Clim's at first, like he shows and then up. Calypso shows up. Yeah. Um. Uh, so in in the game, uh, the Raven in the game does use a voodoo doll to torment and kill uh bullies. Both I see. Bullies. So, the thing.
1: there's there's but some
2: the, um, the name and the the top gimmick. Shadow is the pink hearse.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah. Hmm. So they kind of swapped that around. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, the the fights are... Uh, the car fights are good. There's the one in... You know, there are a lot of, again, like you said, convincing arenas. These were Twisted Metal arenas. The car graveyard near the racetrack, the amusement park, um, the, what I assume is, like, the, the blockade... Um, lots of you know to- the Topeka Kansas neighborhood all perfect <laughs> ideas for a twisted metal uh, level to fight in yeah yeah um yeah yeah so yeah a, I
1: think it's it's a, that's just how you do arc, here we come um, that's just how you do it let's
0: prepare to have John come out and he, he quiets fighting the man John is working for the man uh, they haven't changed man so yeah Will we get back together? Yes, by the end of the series, totally.
1: They haven't officially picked up the second season, but I feel it's a pretty, unless this was, They, I think the second season was happening unless this like absolutely bombed because absolutely they bombed, so. they would not have made the cliffhanger. So I'm fairly confident saying season two is coming, but I think season two might be it. I don't know if they're going to be able to stretch it past that.
2: This is I don't want to see a season three go on forever. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Tell that's your cool. story and get out. Like that's what I respected Ted Lasso for on principle, even if the story it told didn't really live up to the promise of the first chapter. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. On that note, I think that's going to do it for three seventy eight uh, here on the Seven podcast. Until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's nineteen ninety five.
2: Peace. Bye-bye.